This is Angle Radio, especially made for you by de Hogeschool van Amsterdam. Hello and welcome to the Angle Radio Show, the only international student radio in Amsterdam. I am Esme and I will be your host for today. Next to me is my co-host Melanie. She's an international student from Austria. Tell me, Melanie, can you tell us something about the prejudices about Austrian people? Oh, hey, Esme. Um, sure, I can. Um, first of all, sometimes it annoys me that uh, people confuse us with the German. Yeah. And on the other side, um, it seems like many people think that we've all seen the sound of music, but actually I just know one or two people. <laughs> what about you, Dutchies? Well, I definitely know what you mean. Everyone always seems to think that Dutch people walk around the street wearing clogs, carrying some tulips and maybe eating some cheese or smoking some weed. Did you ever see someone like that? No, definitely not. Never. <laughs> So I think you can guess our topic for today. We're talking a lot about cultural diversity. For instance, we're listening to a podcast, a Vox Pop and an interesting review about an art exhibition. Yes, and let's not forget about introducing our guest. Today in our studio we have uh, Sander Schrubers, who is a cultural communication expert and he also gives lectures all around the world, uh, including the Javier of Amsterdam. Thank you for taking time. Hi Sander, how are you doing today? Yeah, very well, Esme. Thank you, Melanie, as well. <laughs> Pleasure to be here. Okay, our first question for you was, what is your definition of cultural diversity? Um, let me start with the city of Amsterdam. This is the city with the highest amount of uh, passports in the world. 185 different nationalities live here. And I think diversity is actually a set of knowledge and values. Uh, and we have 185 of them in Amsterdam. Because uh, I, I, I take it from a national level, that's the, the scientific data we have. Okay, and do you see any challenges occurring with all those nationalities? Yeah, there's a lot of challenges, also opportunities, I have to say, I'll, I'll get back to that later. Um, because the way we are um, kind of programmed by Papa and Mama, and in the later stage uh, our, our universities, our schools, uh, surrounding television, it very much forms you and shapes you. Um, and that means that you have certain deeper values that you don't necessarily see on the outside that steer your behavior and also what you expect of others. And I think that's the area uh, where it gets culture clashy. Okay. It is, uh, it is when we feel this is normal uh, and then people have a different definition of normal. And then actually, then it starts to get difficult. And especially when it gets difficult, human beings have a tendency to to go back to where you come from, to what you feel safe at, and that actually makes the problem bigger. And okay. how do you challenge these problems? Yeah, there's a couple of ways. Um, but what I want to say is that also it is a way of... of uh, I mean, if you're good, what you can achieve is what we call in psychology multi-stability. It basically means that you have different software that you can run. So I can be good with a Confucian Asian, I can be good with uh, an emotional Latin, uh, and I know what to expect and I know how to uh, tweak myself in, in, in taking away the pain areas. This is a lot of work, but it's something that can be done, uh, especially since over 30 years we have fantastic uh, validated data and, and research that allows us to predict. Now, if you can predict, you can manage it. Uh, it's work, but it's doable. Okay, thank you. That's interesting. Thanks for that. And how would you suggest you do that um, based with just regular people? Um, the thing is, is that we tend to look at what makes us different, um, which is great. And, but when we are looking for other people, immediately we try to 
get close to homogeneous uh, people with the same outside, you judge very quickly. So in the students I have, I see the Chinese stuck with the Chinese, the Germans with the Germans, and the people from Zandam with the people from Zandam. Yes. And, and what can you do? <laughs> uh, uh, you can actually, uh, you don't learn a lot. You know, we, we, we tend to learn when we're stretched. So yes. if you try to actually talk to somebody from the different groups, say, what makes me uniquely and different from what you are? And actually then you learn, then you really open up and, and, and a lot comes in. And that is very challenging and, and it's very good. And we know from research that people that do that, especially in teams in the workplace, they perform 200% better than, okay. the, than the single cultural uh, uh, teams. That's interesting. Thank you for these insights. We're now going to listen to Black or White from Michael Jackson, a song that really fits our topic. We'll continue our interesting talk after this music. Don't matter if you're black or white. 
that one just never gets old. No, I totally agree with you. Our reporter Marijn is now reporting directly from the streets of Amsterdam. She's asking international students about what's so different in Amsterdam in comparison to their home country. We'll talk about this with our guest Sander afterwards. Hello, my name is Hajar. I'm from Iraq, but I'm studying in Turkey. Um, the main differences that I noticed is the transportation. Um, back in Iraq, everybody has their own car. They could have uh, more than one car in one house, so everybody uses their car to get around. And in Turkey, it's almost the same, but people use public transportation more often. But um, they don't have a lot of places for uh, bikes, to ride bikes. Um, but it's totally different here in the Netherlands. Everybody uses their bikes. Even if they have kids, they have um, seats for their kids. And I also noticed that everybody can speak a second language, especially English. You can get by just by knowing English. It's not. It's almost the same in Iraq, um, but in Turkey it's not that way. A lot of people don't know but Turkish, so if you don't know Turkish, um, you can't get by as easily. Hello, I am from Mexico City, and there are two things that I found most uh, shocking being here in the Netherlands. Uh, the first one is the food. I really miss the food from home. And uh, the second is that people, uh, it's been kind of hard to make some Dutch friends because they're like a little bit uh, close. Um, and it's been kind of hard to make some lasting friendships with them. But um, I've met really cool people on the international on the international students. I come from Vienna and in my city we don't have so much canals and bridges. Not everything is so flat and there are not sp special uh, ways for bicycles. Where I come from the houses are not that small and don't have the big doors and are not uh, and don't have so pointed roofs even if they might better hat them because where i come from there is a lot of snow in the winter i'm emily i'm from the united states and i think um i've noticed a lot of differences but well for one there's a lot more bikes here um and people give uh, people on bikes to right of way, which is really cool. Um, the fashion sense is definitely better. Um, not a lot of people wear sweatpants here, which has been kind of sad because I like to walk around in sweatpants. And um, the, like the senses of like the sense of fashion are more gender neutral here. Like men and women dress more similarly. Like, um, and I think like in the United States, women dress more feminine or show more skin. And um, also, there's a lot of mayonnaise here. Way more mayonnaise than I'm used to. <laughs> That's interesting to listen to. Um, what do you think, Sander? Uh, is it easy? Is it difficult to make Dutch friends? Yeah, that uh, if we listen to what they talk to, there's a lot of uh, uh, transportation and food, a bit of architecture. But that's one of the two that I noticed. Yes, it is difficult. Uh, it is a common uh, known uh, uh, point uh, challenge that, that uh, experts uh, express here, students, but also professional experts. Um, the reason why uh, of it is because the Dutch are always really surprised when they hear that. Um, and I think the, the Dutch are very direct. They're not the most direct, but they're pretty direct. So um, what you need to do is you need to tell the Dutchman, 
I want to do something with you. And then actually the door opens up with, with a smile. And uh, it, it's, it's people wait to take the first step and because that's what you would do at home. But that doesn't work that way here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see. <laughs> it's quite the same with the Viennese, like the Austrian people. We are also like more close and it's a bit dif more difficult to, to approach us. And yeah, do you have a question for us, Yasmin? Yes, how would you suggest you, um, you uh, Dutch people open up about it? Um, information, information, uh, attitude is, I think, fairly open. It's just they're not used to, to reading between the lines and not re used to, to subtle uh, communication, whereas 70% of the world does. So um, for the Dutchies, yeah, I, I think you just need to have an awareness about it that you could take the first step because actually th that's what people expect. Okay, that's good to take long. Well, thank you so much for your time and information, Sander. Pleasure. We really enjoyed having you on the show. Thank you. Thanks. We'll now be listening to some more music, Same Love by Macklemore. And after this, we'll be listening to the news presented by our very own Yannick. When I was in the third grade, I thought that I was gay because I could draw. My uncle was and I kept my room straight. I told my mom, tears rushing down my face She's like, Ben, you've loved girls since before pre-K Yeah, I guess she had a point, didn't she? Bunch of stereotypes all in my head I remember doing the math, like, yeah I'm good at Little League A preconceived idea of what it all meant But those that like the same sex Have the characteristics The right-wing conservatives think it's a decision And you can be cured with some treatment and religion Man-made rewiring of a predisposition Playing God Oh, nah, here we go. America the brave still fears what we don't know. And God loves all his children. It's somehow forgotten, but we paraphrase a book written 3,500 years ago. I don't know. And I can't change. Even if I tried. Even if I wanted to. I would think hip-hop hates me Have you read the YouTube comments lately? Man, that's gay Gets dropped on the daily We become so numb to what we're saying A culture founded from oppression Yeah, we don't have acceptance for them. Call each other faggots behind the keys of a message board A word rooted in hate Yet our genre still ignores it Gay is synonymous with the lesser the same hate that's caused wars from religion, gender to skin color, the complexion of your pigment, the same fight that led people to walkouts and sit-ins, it's human rights for everybody, there is no difference, live on and be yourself. When I was at church, they taught me something else. If you preach hate at the service, those words aren't anointed, that holy water that you soak in has been poisoned when everyone else is more comfortable remaining voiceless rather than fighting for humans that have had their rights stolen. I might not be the same, but that's not important. No freedom till we're equal. Damn right I support it.
This is Angle Radio. Let's head over to the news. Yannick, what do you have for us today? Yes, hi, we start with news about Donald Duck. Uh, because comic book Donald Duck will have LGBTQ couples in their stories. C- currently, the Donald Duck only have heterosexual uh, couples. This, uh, the change has come because of the 10-year-old girl, Fenna. She asked the authors of the comic book to have gay couples featured because she herself has two mothers and two fathers. She, uh, the editor-in-chief uh, responded that he wasn't aware of this fact and they are now working on its first gay couple that will be appearing in their new stories very soon. What do you think of that? Wow, that's great. It's great that children get to see a different kind of relationships uh, when they read comics. Mm-hmm. Did you yeah. miss it in, the, in comic books like uh, Donald Duck? Well, of course, as a child, I didn't because I didn't know, but now I do, yeah. Very good. Other news of today is uh, from the Amsterdam University of Applied Sciences, because the university has launched the platform HVA Pride. With with this platform, uh, the HVA wants to make itself visible to LGBTQ students. They say after 25 years, the HVA is finally out of the closet. They started it uh, two months ago and now they have reached their goal because uh, there will be a HVA pride boat at the Amsterdam Canal Parade. Ooh, that sounds cool. Interesting. Would you like to go uh, to the Amsterdam Canal Parade in August? Of course, because I've never been to it. No, it will Uh, be your first time. Yeah, my first time and Mm -hmm. I think... Uh, it will be great, colorful, summer, yes. nice. <laughs> and are there uh, other uh, other prides in uh, Austria as well? Yeah, yeah, we have also have some prides in Austria, uh, mainly in the summer, of course, obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, for example, the Love Parade is a big one, and there are some others too, but I don't remember the name. So yeah. Okay. Uh, other news is Saudi Arabia uh, appointed its first female to serve as an ambassador for the kingdom, naming Princess Rima Bint Bandar also to be the ambassador to the United States. In an interview with CNN, she said the following. Looking at driving, by the way, as a tip of an iceberg, you're looking at it as an issue of mobility. It's more than that. It's job creation. It is allowing a woman to behave as a professional. She can get to work on time and she can operate independently. And... Yes, I would like to see changes in guardianship. However, today I've read a lot of the press. A woman does not need a man's permission to drive. She does not need a man's permission to go to work. She doesn't need a man's permission to to have a job. The last bastion of guardianship is travel and marriage. And even marriage, if you look at Islamic law after a certain age, it's, it's, it's actually quite loose. But I'm not minimizing this. This is a critical issue. And what I can tell you is every woman I know is having this conversation. The women in government are having this conversation. The timeline of the change is what I'm not in control of. But the dialogue and the narrative, it's there. Okay, thank you, Yannick, for this. Uh, Before our next informational part, we have another song for you. We are going to listen to Born This Way by Lady Gaga. It's all about diversity, baby. It doesn't matter if you love him or capital H-I-M-M-M-M-M-M. Just put your paws up, because you were born this way, baby. My mama told me when I was young. We're all on superstars. She pulled my hair with my lipstick on in a glass of purple dry. There's nothing wrong with loving who you are. 
Yes, that was a nice one. We're heading over to Lindsay right now. She's one of our reporters who went to an interesting art exhibition about femininity. Can you tell us more, Lindsay? Sure. So on the 12th of February, I went to an exhibition from Curated by Girls called New Femininity. So the exhibition displayed art from 38 international art artists uh, celebrating femininity in all of its different shapes, sizes and colors. So when I first walked into the gallery, it made me slightly uncomfortable. The artwork depicted nudity, bod body hair, public breastfeeding. But after the initial shock, I started to realize what this exhibition is all about. Uh, women's bodies have been censored for too long, which has created uh, shame and stigma around our bodies. And we definitely need more art like this. I went with a group of international students and it started a very interesting conversation in our group that we were in about the way that uh, feminism is viewed in different countries, uh, such as Korea, how it's very frowned upon there, or in Germany, it's very open. So it's, yeah, it highlights issue, issues in our societies. And one of the artworks displayed um, how Instagram has a bit of a problem with uh, female nudity being reported and removed. 
And it really showed the double standard here, how when a man ha is like shirtless on Instagram, it's completely fine. But when a woman's shirtless on Instagram, then that's deemed inappropriate. Uh, so Curated by Girls is a project directed by uh, Lalita Duvo in uh, Berlin 2016 uh, as a platform for young talented artists around the world to promote diversity and they've attended several events in the past such as the Melt Festival in 2017 and 18. That's an exhibition I would definitely visit. Uh, Lindsay, where is it again? Uh, the Uh, the Femininity exhibition is open from the 8th of February and it runs till the 10th of March. You can go and see it at the Melkweg Gallery in Amsterdam. And it's, yeah, it's definitely worth a visit. Uh, even if you're not female, then I think everyone can get something from it. Okay, that's very cool. Thank you, Lindsay. Last but definitely not least, we're going to listen to a podcast on a very interesting topic about an intercultural relationship. Let's see about that. Hi, my name is Gina Spadato. I'm 18 years old and I'm from Amsterdam. So my girlfriend is from the United States um, and I met her in Amsterdam. Actually, over the summer that I um, graduated from high school, um, personally, there isn't a big difference, a cultural difference between us when it comes to like same-sex relationships. Um, I mean, the United States, in mostly like southern parts, can be very like conservative. Um, luckily, she lives in a pretty liberal state and city, so um, that never that never was like an issue in our relationship. But there is a big cultural difference when it comes to her background because she is uh, she is from Mexican descent. Uh, her parents are both Mexican, they were immigrants, uh, so that that is a big cultural difference because they are very conservative and um, religious as well. Um, so they aren't so accepting of our relationship. Um, well, mostly like Mexicans aren't really <laughs> accepting of uh, same-sex relationships, um, especially because of, you know, religion and uh, stuff like that. But I'm very lucky that, you know, she came out to her parents and told her that, you know, I was dating her. It was such a big, you know, it's such a big difference between, you know, from what they've been taught when they were younger to, you know, where they are right now. And I think that they just don't understand And that they're afraid for for my girlfriend and and what others may think of her than actually being mad at her or disowning her. They didn't disown her. They still love her very much. And I think because they love her so much that they can't accept it. Um, but maybe with time they will come around. Uh, they're not hostile towards me. I haven't met them actually. Uh, but I think because of, you know, a language barrier and just an age barrier um, that they aren't as accepting as my parents were. And they aren't that, you know, they don't have enough knowledge about it as my parents have. But yeah, that's the biggest, that's the biggest cultural difference between me and my girlfriend. 
and how we came out and how our relation relationship is doing. That one sounds very fitting for our show. And thank you for listening and we hope that you tune in next time. Yes, we broadcast shows every Friday on the internationalangle.com, so make sure you keep an eye out for a new one. I wish you all a very good weekend. Bye.